4,000 feet uh, speed, uh, 180 knots, one double check. Hi, it's Natalie Fly Girl Kelly, and I'm here with Fly Alyssa, and we have a very exciting guest on this episode of Cockpits and Cocktails. This is Nancy Bradshaw. She's going to join us today. She's a big YouTuber, and that is her forte. She's very good at it. She has done a lot of flying, a lot of different things, a lot of different aviation careers. She's currently working at a regional airline. I think you'll enjoy this episode. We get really get to know Nancy. I know I've never actually met her, although we text each other and we keep trying to make plans and her schedule and my schedule don't always work out. She lives in Florida, but I know that she commutes quite a bit to Houston So, with her new job. I don't know how often she's in Florida, but we keep trying to connect. It just hasn't happened, but I feel like we're besties anyway, even though we haven't actually physically met. She's very friendly, very bubbly, very goal-oriented just down-to-earth and has a really fun personality, charismatic. I think you'll enjoy listening to her story. She's going to talk about her journey. You're going to know her, and you'll feel like best friends with her, too, after this episode. So, come along and join myself, Natalie Fly Girl Kelly, and Fly Alyssa with Nancy Bradshaw. Well, um, thanks for doing this. I know you're super busy and um, with your airline job and um. oh yes aren't aren't we all busy so I try to make as much time as I can yeah I um I just want to hear a little bit more about I don't know a whole lot of your backstory and I've watched um kind of you more recently with your airline position and and your YouTubing and oh my gosh I mean you are like putting videos out constantly I cannot even keep up I don't I don't sleep much I guess that's the whole (laughs) you must really love it doing it I really like doing the vlogs that's the that's the bigger thing and unfortunately or not unfortunately I really love doing the vlogs because I feel like I can put creativity in it like I my mind is a very creative thing I like drawing I like doing art stuff but my art is not good enough to put out there my editing skills are also not necessarily good enough to put out there but they're nice to make some in like some entertaining videos, but what I yeah. am, I've noticed, and that's something that Ted actually has had shared with me way in the beginning, was that I do seem to have a little bit of a knack of explaining things to people, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not necessarily a person that likes to speak in person to a large group of people, but speaking to a camera and saying things that I know, especially if I know something, I know something. Like I'm not gonna downplay the information that I know and I would love to share that with people and if the easiest way to do that is via camera then I'm going to do that and that's something that kind of caught on like the inform the content creation part of actually giving information and giving value to people that's what actually caught on with the YouTube mm-hmm. and then that provides me a platform to do the creative stuff as well. Because honestly, nobody cares about you. That is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about the fact that I had chicken and waffles. Because I've been giving people so much information beforehand. People are kind of getting to know you. Now still 3,000 people watch me salivate over my chicken and waffles, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what I, what I learned from this whole YouTube journey. Is people 
nobody cares about you. They had, they just don't. But what people do care about and with, what I love to provide is this information. And especially, I think the biggest thing that was a problem for me when I started, especially with flying and especially having an, a job in itself already and trying, I have this great big dream. I'm going to be an airline pilot someday, right? Um, I have no money. I don't know how to get there. Nobody tells you how to make that happen, right? Mm -hmm. I have no family that flies. My dad is afraid of flying. <laughs> so wow. that's not going to help, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how to get there. And then especially trying to change your career, there's so little out there that says, hey, if you want to change your career, then maybe you should start here. Maybe you should save money for this. Maybe you should plan out your life like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And since I've done it and I, you know, I mean, reinvented the wheel probably 10 times. Yeah. Be like, maybe other people don't have to do that since I just seem to enjoy to talk to the camera anyway. So let's share it with everybody else. Yeah. So kind of how that came. So did you have, um, when you were going through it, well, first of all, what you're a little bit about your background. And then I want to know when you went through, because you said you didn't have any family uh, in aviation, how did you figure it all out? Did you have a mentor? Did you just really just trial and error or, or what? All right. So if we want to start all the way from the start, we're going to have to go back to the Netherlands because that's where I'm originally from. I've only been in the United States for 10 years now, which is not oh, wow. that's a long time, okay. actually, when wow. I think about it. So August this year is going to be my 11 year anniversary in the United States. So it's Yay. Um, I used to be a flight test engineer, and that's where I started my career in aviation, basically, was... Um, Let's go back a little bit more in the Netherlands. And I was young looking at airplanes and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. That's fun. But the biggest thing was that my grandparents and all my family lived in the Dutch Antilles. So Aruba, Curaçao. And um, my parents would put me on this great big 747 with just the flight attendants because they didn't have money for us all three to go. But they yeah. would send me off. And you know how they have those uh, unaccompanied minor programs and whatever. So they send me off. And then. I asked a flight attendant once and I was like, so how is it possible that this thing is going to bring me to my grandparents? Because that was like mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she goes and she shows me the pilots and she goes, it's because of them. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, wow. So I'm going to do the same thing for all grandchildren all over the world. Because <laughs> apparently in my mind, obviously, everybody's grandparents lives on an island far, far away. So yeah, I will take wish. That request. sounds amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so that's where the, the seed was planted, right? Like the very first airplane I've ever been on is a 747. So that was where the seed was planted. And I thought, this is what I want to do. Fast forward to when I could actually go to the Air Force. At this point, I'm 16, 17 years old. And I go through all the this battery of tests with your, uh, you get the um, physical tests and everything. But long story short, my ears weren't up to par. So there was something wrong with my hearing. And that's why I couldn't go to the Air Force to become a pilot. And now I'm in this limbo because I'm like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? And I was fairly smart. I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I can remember a lot of things easily and I can memorize things easily. So I decided I'm going to be a lawyer. And then my dad, who is extremely awesome, said, well, hold on. Maybe you can't be a pilot right now, 
but maybe you can do that later in life. And maybe we don't have to go outside of aviation at all. Maybe you can still stay in aviation. So you have that link. And maybe in so many years, you can still get to do what you want because it doesn't really matter what kind of jet you fly, right? As long as you fly one. Right. (laughs) So then my dad and I went to um, Delft uh, Technology or Delft University of Technology where they have an aeronautical course. And I uh, got my master's in aerodynamics um, because of him, because he said you can do something in in aviation. And he was right. Flying planes, I learned how to make them more. And uh, as I got my degree and everything, I started working at a company called the National Aerospace Laboratory, where I did work for the Air Force, um, looking at aerodynamic loads on the F-16. And then the Netherlands bought the F-35. So then my company and the Air Force said, well, you are going to have to go to the United States in order to work on the F-35 for us, because it was this great big program. All the different countries, partner countries would go over to the United States to Edwards Air Force Base to uh, help fly test this airplane. It was more of a political thing than anything else, right? Like because it's a joint effort, all the countries would have some delegates that work there. So I was one of the very first Dutchies that went to um, Edwards Air Force Base. Eventually they had a whole squadron there and everything, but it was just me and three others, I think, four other families that went. I went by myself, which was very, very exciting and scary at the, you know, at everything. How old old were you at this time? I was old already. I was 27. What's old? Okay, 27 is not very old. 27, 27. Not old, but I mean, I was grown, right? But it was, it was still, it never came up in my mind to actually go abroad for any reason. I was actually fairly content where I was. I had a nice little, I owned a nice little apartment in Amsterdam. I had a great job. I could, you know, pay for everything that I needed to pay for. And I was like, well, this is fantastic. But then, I love Amsterdam, by the way. Oh, you do? my favorite spots. Oh, my gosh. If I could live anywhere in Europe, it would be Amsterdam. Right? So pretty. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I, yeah, it was really nice where I lived. It was right in the middle of the city center. It was one of the busiest intersections in the country, which, I don't know, the whole thing. It was nice. It was really yeah. nice. And I missed yeah. We, um, or we, I moved by myself. And then I got to Edwards Air Force Base and... All of a sudden, there was this flight school that was there, a flight training club. And there was the opportunity for me to take a discovery flight and actually go flying in a little Cessna. And I'm like, oh, wait, so I can actually do this now? And I, at that point, was making um, a good amount of money. So it was like, oh, I can actually afford to do this too. So I did start with um, flight training in 2009, a little bit. But then I also had a very demanding job, right? Like I was a flight test engineer at F-35 and we, we made really long days and, and busy weeks. In the beginning, not so much because we didn't have an airplane yet um, that was in Fort Worth. But when the plane ferried and everything, all of a sudden I had an actual job. I had stuff to do and flight training got on the back burner. So it wasn't until 2014 that I actually got my private pilot certificate. And the reason why that actually happened was because of um, the 99s, um, International yeah. Organization of oh, yeah. Pilots. Uh-huh. Um, the, the manager of the flight school that I was with 
she was a part of the 99s and she was like, oh, you need to meet these these ladies and you might get a scholarship. And um, so I met the ladies and there was one uh, specific lady that was really awesome. Her name was Florabelle Reese and she was a wasp way back in the day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, she's no longer with us, but um, she definitely was one of the reasons that I was like, you know what? She went through all of this stuff and way back in the day and she was one of the first you know you're a female pilot it was a big thing back then she she was telling me and she's like well why don't you keep doing this why did you stop why are you not pursuing this as a career and I was like well I'm already old I can't make this happen and she looks at me and she's like how are you old because now I'm 27 or I was 30 at that point in time and then looking at her who's, you know, lived an entire full life, flew, and right now is, you know, an iconic woman, really is. And I was thinking, do I have any excuse to not do it? Like, even if it takes me another 10 years, do I have a real excuse to not do it? And I didn't. Mm -hmm. So then I decided right then and there, we're going to try this. I'm going to make it happen. I made a plan. I'm a bit of a nerd, so I have have (laughs) written out. I had yearly milestones that I wanted to reach. If I didn't reach them, then I would reassess. Is it still possible or not? But yeah, long story short, in 2015, I could finally say that, um, yeah, I think I can actually make this a career, like getting my commercial. Um, After that, I decided, well, I need to quit at some point and the reason why I then actually quit was because I did the um for with the 99s again because I did get active in 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 the in the community with the 99s we did the um uh, the air race classic I don't know if you've ever oh yes we were just talking about that I was like I want to do that (gasps) me too let's do it again let's do it let's do it let's see what's I have my little plaque here. Let me show you my plaque. Okay, yes, please do. Yay, look at that. Um, Yeah, so that was uh, June 22nd to June 25th, 2015. I took a uh, little Cessna 172 from the uh, Edwards Air Force Flying Club all the way over to where it all started, and that was in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I went all the way over there by myself because I lost my... My flying partner. We oh, had, what happened? We had a little bit of a disagreement, and oh. we couldn't. It was clear that we were not going to be a good pair in the cockpit. And if there's one place where you cannot have conflict, it's in the cockpit. Yeah. Um. And her stance was, well, you're gonna have to fly me back. And I'm like, no, that's not how this is gonna work. <laughs> Since I'm paying for the plane, I'm paying for my own hotels and all this stuff. Like, if you don't want to come with me, that's fantastic. I will just go by myself. I don't care. Yeah. And then, which sounds terrible, but sometimes if you want to achieve what you need to achieve, you just got to do it. And at that point, for me, it was very important to get that raise done. I wanted to do it two years beforehand. Couldn't make it happen. Now I had the funds. I knew that I was going to do it. The big thing that was scary was that now I had to fly by myself because I don't know how it is. Wow. Yeah. I thought you had to have a partner. I didn't know you do. Yeah. You do need to have a partner for it, but I was still getting to the race. So Mm -hmm. I called the race committee and I was like, all right, this is my problem. Should I still come? 
And they're like, yeah, you can still come and we'll get you a new race partner. And I'm like, oh, all right then. Yay. And off we go. And it was in New Mexico at that point. So I still had to go. Oh my gosh, all the way to New Mexico? So I had to go that entire way by myself. And that was when, after I did that and I landed in Virginia, I knew, like, if I can do all of this by myself, then... I think I can really be a commercial pilot because beforehand you always fly with somebody and without actually knowing it, you always have a little bit of a crutch there. Even if it's somebody that doesn't fly, you can always kind of bounce ideas off of them. And it's like, Oh, do you think this is a good plan? Oh, what do you think about the weather? Or, Oh, should we go over there? But now it was just me. And I had, for example, never flown an actual IFR before. Here I am with my 250 hours commercial rating. And now it was the first time that I flew three hours straight in hard, hard. Wow. Yes. Wow. I learned so much. And at the airport where I needed to land, I had to go around the first time because I couldn't find the airport. Second time, I was so happy that I saw the airport to land. It was the whole experience oh was fantastic. Then I did the race, and then my then boyfriend, now husband, he uh, he came to the end, the party that was happening, and yeah. and then he flew with me back all the way to California, and the end of the race was in Fairhope, Alabama, so all the way back to uh, the high desert in California, and that was wow. It was fantastic. That whole race, that taught me. When I got back, this was a three-week adventure. I sat back in my cubicle, and I was like, I can't. I just can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. It's not possible. And I think three weeks later, I quit. Two weeks later? Three weeks later? Something like that. Because I was like, no, this is not. And don't get me wrong. I was good at my job. I loved my job. I mean, there were th- times that, you know, a job is a job just with the flying. Sometimes it's just not fun. But I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore sitting in a dark room, knowing what other people are doing out there. And we're just staring at a computer screen all day. I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. So what was your path after that? What was your, did you train, flight train? Like, how, how do you get from 250 hours to airline? Okay, so, well, I guess the 250 hours was a little bit of a stretch. I already had 475, 475, something like that at that point in time, because where I was um, working, everybody and their mom had an airplane, right? So in my um, in my world, and it's kind of still the same way, I kind of forget that people don't have that, which the YouTube channel actually really is a great big reality check. Like, not everybody has... 10, 10, 20 friends in a row that have planes, right? Like it's just the area or who you, who you're surrounded with. Um, but yeah, I already had 475 hours, something like that. I, um, I quit altogether. I did make sure that before I quit my job, I had two years of savings that I could support myself for two years without uh, having a job because I didn't know what was going to happen. So I took a year off of not work. So I didn't work for a year or yeah, I think it was a year, maybe a little bit shorter, in which I got my CFI and my CFII rating. And then I worked as a customer service representative for about six or seven months at a flight school. And then I started flight training at that flight school. I changed to another flight school. Then I got private clients that I also instructed. 
And then when I had a little over a thousand hours, um, no, that's uh, how many? Not thousand. I think at that point I had 800, 750, 800 hours, something like that. I went to uh, PlainSense, which is a, a um, fractional company, meaning um, it's like a timeshare for airplanes. And this was in PC-12s. Yeah, so I'm part of that. The, yeah. So I flew the PC-12 for 14 months and then um, I quit that. And the reason why I quit that was because it was so cold. And it's this is a completely, and it sounds really uppity, and it's a completely first world problem, right? Because yeah. I am doing this for fun, like legitimately. If if I was, I do the YouTube for fun. I do the flying, my job, my actual job for fun. Because if I were to do any of this for money, then that's just silly, right? Like I have an engineering degree. I have all this experience in engineering. I can make a lot more money. But you want to enjoy. But I exactly. And then so after going through three nor'easters, I was like. No, this is not <laughs> what I want to be doing at tiny airports with a tiny airplane. Oh, and sometimes we were a tiny airplane at really big airports, and that doesn't help either. So I quit that job. Um, and again, this was a leap of faith that I took. At that point, I didn't have my uh, multi-engine yet. But what I did have, in the meantime, I also got my helicopter license. And at that point, I was a commercial helicopter and airplane single-engine land pilot. And then I heard from a friend of a friend that said that there's this company that does mosquito control and they want somebody that's dual rated. But the person that needs to be dual rated needs to have their multi-engine. So as I quit my job, I contact them and they're like, oh, yeah, but do you have a multi-engine? I'm like, no, uh, well. And she's like, well, we can do an interview in two weeks. Do you think you can have your multi-engine by then? And I'm like, wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, so I got my multi-engine. I did, and I got it in the amount of time, did the interview with her. And then I did mosquito control for a little over a year, I think, in a Huey helicopter, which was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And a Cessna 337, the push-pull multi-engine airplane. I did that for a while. And then I got up to almost 2,000 hours. 2000? Yeah, 2000 ish. How long did you do that job? A little over a year, not too, okay. too long. And where, what part of the country were you in then? That was in Florida at this okay. point. Okay. Already in Florida. Because other than the life changing event of me um, quitting my job after the Aries Classic, my boyfriend then turned into fiance because he decided, well, if we can spend this much time in a tiny little airplane together, then we must get married. So, <laughs> so right after the air race, he proposed um, and he was living in Florida already. So, yeah, um, I moved to Florida to to be with him and we got married here in Florida. And I did the mosquito control thus in Florida since I was here at that point. And the plane sense job was also already when I was in Florida. Um, basically, all my all my commercial flying, the flight instruction, the PC-12, the mosquito control, everything originated from in Florida. Um, and that's where and that, you live now, right? Yes, that's where yeah. we are now, Palm Beach Gardens. I love living here. It is awesome. And that's why I don't want to move to my base or anything like that, because my base right now flying for the regional that I fly for is in Houston. And even though everything is better in Texas... I like Florida better. So. Yeah, I love Florida. 
it, it is my goal to move um, back to Florida. I'm originally from Florida, and uh, yeah, I'm from Jacksonville. My dad was in the Navy, and uh, I was born there at the Naval Base in Jacksonville, but I love Florida. Yeah, yeah, me too. I would rather never, ever leave, but we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, why did you get into the YouTubing, the making the videos? So I got into it because I just wanted to kind of share how to become a pilot with more people. Like people were asking me questions about it and, and you know, I thought, well, why not? I'll just share what I know online. But you'd never really done that before, right? I had not, but it's kind of, it kind of an extension of being a a flight instructor, right? Like it kind of. Yeah, true. Aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can reach a lot more people over the YouTube than you can in real life. But honestly, the real reason was at some point on vacation, we bought a 360 camera and I decided to figure out how this 360 camera would work in a cockpit. And I started making videos and I put it, put that online and I'm like, Oh, this is kind of cool. What else can I do with YouTube instead yeah. of just, cause it just seemed a little silly to just put cockpit videos and not explain what I'm doing and why. And, you know, yeah. and then honestly, people just started asking questions and I started explaining and it kind of grew from there. And now honestly, what is, I'll go is ahead. Is your husband at all uh, involved in flying? Does he fly? Does what is, uh, he's a flight test engineer, and he works for okay. Helicopters right now. Oh, cool. Bought by Lockheed, I guess, right now. Um, and uh, other than flying with me, he doesn't fly himself. Yeah. But he's an excellent, excellent co-pilot. He's very, yeah. uh, he's very. I mean, he's he's not a passenger, if that if that makes okay. sense. Right. Like he he's, he's engaged. Off. Yeah, okay. he's engaged. He will help with the the flight planning. He will help with the decision making of where to go and and this is all because of the air race too right like we had to go all that way across the country back yeah and yeah he um, learned a lot i'm sure doing yeah that. absolutely uh it, it was so much fun um uh, unfortunately right now we don't have all that many flight advent- adventures anymore because you know with changing your job from an engineer to a pilot means that you can't really fly in your personal life anymore because now you don't have any money (laughs) (laughs) that's a little bit of the the bummer that i'm experiencing now for me it's definitely either or right like either i make enough money so i can fly for fun yeah or i fly for a living and now i can't fly for fun so it's kind of like yeah that's the scary part that i'm at it's it's like i i want so badly to do something in aviation i don't know what's going to fit my lifestyle but you know, I've, I've built a career here that it pays for my flying. It pays for my travel and my adventure. And do I give all of that up to fly for a living? Is it really worth flying for a living or do I just enjoy it as a hobby? Right. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a hard question to, to answer. Cause I sometimes really do miss the fact that I can't just hop into a little, like I did not have to think twice about the fact that I could go rent a plane and, Oh yeah, let's fly to Catalina Island today. Cause we can, right. Yeah. That's, that's no longer an option now. Cause I make less than a third of what I did as an engineer. So it's kind of, yeah. but on the other hand, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't jump into an Embraer and fly 50 people from one end to the other end of the country either. Right. Well, we All don't right. far, but you know, 
I'm just saying, like, it's there's there's pros and cons to, to everything. It kind of depends on what you would like to achieve with it, I think. Do you have any any specific, you don't know what you would like to do? No, I, I don't think I want to do airline. Like, I, I, I just got into aviation, and I was 29 when I got my license. So, mm-hmm. and I have no family. I have no friends that are pilots until I became a pilot. And then, yeah, but it was exactly the same for me. Well, now it's like, I love it, but I don't know what fits. Like, I just can't quit the job and then start all over being 31 now. So and why can't you, though? <laughs> huh? So, but, I mean, I did it, and it's not because I was so extremely wealthy. It's because I planned, right? I didn't yeah. do it from one day to another either. Yeah. Right? So. And, and it takes time. And yeah. it be like that I do something in aviation for 10 years, and then I retire from my career, and go airline or something but I think it's going mine will be more of a progress and I think it's nice to see just everybody's journey like that you just totally jumped into it and regardless of you know the paycheck you're still doing it yeah I think I think my situation might be a little extreme I guess of how I did it and also the reason why I could do it is because I had fairly little nobody was depending on me right yeah yeah and and in if everything would go to heck, if it all, all if everything would hit the fan, then well, then I'll go back to my parents. I don't necessarily mind, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I I had no problem moving back in with my parents at 32 years old. No problem at all. Like if that needs to be, if that needs to happen, then that needs to happen. But it's also because I have a really good backup plan, right? Like if if all else failed, I can also still be an engineer, right? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but I do think that if you, I think that most people kind of have blinders on, they have this thing, like it's the airlines and that, and that's it. Sure. And, and that's absolutely not the case. Now I started because I wanted to go to the airlines, but I've done so many extremely cool things in between. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can fly for a corporate company. It's a lot of fun and you don't have to do that full time. You can do that part time. Yep. I loved flight instructing. The only thing I didn't love about it is that the planes were so small. I just didn't like that was not my that was not my jam. But I yeah. loved flight instructing. Like the time when you stand when you stand on the airfield and your student is soloing and you have your heart in your throat and you're hoping yeah. that everything <laughs> is gonna go okay and they're doing their landings. You hear them on the radio and oh you're, my gosh, but that's so exciting! It's super exciting. Like yeah. I don't understand when people when people dismiss. Well, I guess I understand it, but don't dismiss everything in between. Like the airlines is not it, you don't. That's not it, right? Yeah. I had just as much fun as a flight instructor, maybe even more fun as a flight instructor than as an airline pilot. Now, I haven't been an airline pilot for that long either, right? Like, I can't tell you what yeah. it's like to fly a 777 because I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Right? But I can tell you that <laughs> flight, in- <laughs> flight instruction is awesome. That could be a great career all in itself. Yeah. And it can be very lucrative because I made more money as a flight instructor than I do now at the regional airlines. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. really it's kind of like my career now. It's like if you want to flight instruct, you can do it, you know, how many hours a day? You can do it very long and you can charge whatever you 
you know, whatever your flight school is or whatever you put on there. So it's, you Absolutely. can a good deal. A lot of, of, a lot of flexibility, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And Absolutely. Only when you want to. So, I mean, that would be a great option for me on the side. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just think that there's, there's something that's going to fit with my life and have that transition and, And that's just, I think it's great that everybody can have a different option in aviation. Absolutely. And I would just say, just make sure that you have like a fisheye lens on your glasses. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, because there is, there is so, because like, it's such something so far fetched. Like, really? That's something that people do? Oh, okay. And then, you know, you learn so many other things. I didn't know that you had to have different licenses for it. You need to have this public health certificate for it. You need to kind of go into the agricultural part of the flying. I mean, that would be something you could do. I know airline pilots that do agricultural flying on the side so that they can still be in tailwheel aircraft and not have to pay for it, still get paid to do it, right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And they make bank doing that stuff. I just bank. I just went. Really? Absolutely. You can drink umbrella drinks all like six months <laughs> doing absolutely nothing for six months. And then you work your butt off the rest yeah. of the six months, but, and yeah. still make six figures. Wow. Yeah, I sat in an air tractor for the first time and I've seen them flying and I've seen, you know, spraying kind of operations. Cause I live in the middle of a cornfield in Illinois, mm-hmm. but, um, I was like, man, they've got to be crazy to fly those planes, you know? And then I sat in one and it just gave me enough of the itch that I was like, I've got to be in one of these. (laughs) No, they have a, they have a a side by side, um, for a trainer. And I was like, I've got to find a way in there this summer. So, (laughs) so maybe you'll love it enough to actually have that as a goal, right? Like there's, there's so many cool things. Although, yeah, you have to be some type of crazy to fly ag. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've read several articles about, about that type of flying, and it does seem uh, kind of dangerous. Yeah, a little exciting. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't have That's enough excitement. Exciting. Not a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. So what is your goal, um, Nancy, with the airline? You just want to keep do you have an airplane that you really want to fly or you just, uh, you want to, is there a certain airline? What are your, what do you see in your future with the airline industry? Well, so I have this, like I said, I'm a bit of a nerd. I have everything written written down somewhere, right? All written down. Absolutely. (laughs) So my, my very, my long-term 10 year goal from now, because obviously I had a planning session since we're now at the beginning of a new year, new decade. So I planned out the rest the next 10 years. Yeah. As real I love that, by the way. I'm such a planner, too. Um, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it great, though? You have this, it's like, ah. Oh, it's exciting. Stuff. It's fun, yeah. Natalie and I stayed, we stayed in Chicago a little while ago, and it's like two in the morning, and Natalie's over there with a pen and paper, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Every time like, I have an idea, I, I have I just an idea. I've got to write it down, and I'm like. Oh, absolutely. Oh. I do the same thing. Yeah. If there's a. You know what? Your brain is not made as in for a memory bank. Your brain is made to create and then dump it out. So yeah, <laughs> write it down, agree. voice note it, and then you have it for in the future. Yes. That's what I do too. Um, but yeah, so I guess my 10-year goal, I digress yet again. Apparently I talk a lot. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> my 10-year plan is to be, actually, I want to be a captain at a major airline. I don't know which airline yet or what airframe, but I do know that they're going to fly to Schiphol Airport in the Netherlands so that I can visit my family as often as I want and even have overnights at home. That would be fantastic, yeah. right? So that's uh, part of the plan. And then the other part of the plan is I want to still continue with my helicopter stuff because even though airplanes and airlines, and I really enjoy the airlines, I enjoy flying helicopters a lot. It is so It's a different fun. challenge. It's so fun. And it takes, it took, I flew it for like two hours and it took my mind off of anything else in the world. You know, it's just exactly why I love it so much because there is there is no way that you can do that and not be present in the moment and there's so many distractions all the time and you know from flying a plane it's hard but it really isn't like as soon as you're in the air and the autopilot is on and there's no bells and whistles going off yeah you're you're, good you're you're there with your thoughts and you you you're yeah, there yeah. to like, yeah, to go off and the helicopter. I feel like, yeah, you're just. It, it's like one of those, like when you're a kid, when you're told to like um, rub your stomach, tap your yeah. head, and like, yeah. yeah. So it's like you're trying to do that when you're flying a helicopter and keep a heading and keep, you know, trying to hover the first time. And I thought I was like one of those movies where the helicopter was like out of control, and he's like, "You're doing it," and I was like that that's doing it like okay <laughs> yep and that for two hours I didn't think about anything but flying exactly exactly that's why I absolutely love 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 flying helicopters so that's part of my 10-year plan I have um, actually applied for a scholarship this year so I'm keeping my fingers crossed oh, to cool. get my um, ATP add-on for helicopters so I have my commercial right now for helicopters but no okay. instrument yet if I get my ATP, then I have my instrument is inferred. So you get your instrument rating with it. Okay. And then the plan is after that for the three-year plan to do my CFI. In five years, have my CFI, CFI, and have built enough hours so that I can do some oil rig flying in Houston. Or oh, wow. That's so Texas. cool. Yeah. So hope I, you know, I still want to be based in Florida, but if I'm going to be at an airline that I think I'm going to be at, then I will still be based out of Houston but in close enough in Texas so that I can do the other job as a part-time job. And then by the time that we're 10 years down the road, now I can fly once a month for the airline, for the monies and for the views, for being at 38,000, 40,000 feet and go home and see my parents. And I can get my fix of flying a helicopter Hopefully, then um, also helping people by flying medevac. That's the ten-year goal, basically. I think that medevac sounds amazing. Be really cool to do. Just how how you can help people, and you know. Yeah, it's kind of like an it's 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 on the one hand very very selfish, and I hate to say it. Well, I don't hate to say it. Everybody, we all are the star of our own universe, right? Like, right. It 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 really yeah, is true. A lot about or not a lot, but it's. I'm not going to live my life completely for other people. And one of the things that I would love to do, what I like to do is have adventures, like adventure time is my thing. And having, if I have a job, something that I can have, that I have to have this great big machinery thing, and I'm going to have to land in 
on a road in between power lines at night. That would be fantastic because that's such a great big adventure. But if I can that's do that. Pretty adventurous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But if I can do that and also do it with a purpose because yeah. now I'm saving somebody's life, now that would be fantastic. Right. That's yeah. everything right there. Yeah. 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 So I just, for me, that would be like the epitome of like awesomeness. Like I can do something super awesome. And while doing something super awesome for very selfish reasons, I can still help somebody like that would be, that's just, that's, that's the, the 10 year goal. I don't know if it's going to work, but you know, I never will work. If you want it to work, you know, I'm always reading about if you envision it, then you can make it happen. You got to be really specific about what you want. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. but also, it's kind of what I also tell people on my on my YouTube channel and, and just the outlets, people reaching out. You have to be very, um, you need to be realistic as well, right? Yeah. If like, you set the goals and you can't reach them. Yeah, like, I this is a 10-year goal. Yes, I wrote it down, but I'm not going to dwell on it, right? Like, right, what yeah. What I'm focusing on right now is I want to get my ATP for helicopters. How am I going to do that? Yeah. My first hurdle is I want to try to get this scholarship. If I don't get this scholarship, then I need to save up money, right? Like I'm yeah. not counting on this scholarship. I'm already saving up money that if I don't get that, then it's just going to take another two years because I have to save a lot of money in order to get that ATP. I just yeah. don't have it laying around. And then if I have that, now I'm going to think about getting my CFI, CFII rating. Like I'm just going in baby steps. Um, yeah. And then hopefully in 10 years, reach the same way I got my, same way how I got to the airlines, right? It was all baby steps. I never thought I was actually going to fly a plane and now I'm in a Cessna 172, right? Yeah. And yeah. I never thought I was going to fly for a living. Now I'm in a PC-12 and flying for a living, right? Yeah. So it's kind of, it's all baby steps. And yeah, it, it just, it, I just don't think that, even though I love instant gratification, I rather go to a store and buy something than buy something online because then I have to wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think in aviation, instant gratification is not really a thing. You just yeah. no, so you true. You have to plan. Yeah, you have to you have to have the stomach to to be in it for the long haul. I think. Man, it does definitely teaches you patience, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I never was a patient person at all until I started as a flight test engineer and I saw how many things could go wrong with an airplane. And, you know, for hours we would sit and sit oh, and sit, man. wait until the platform was ready to fly. And it's like, oh, my gosh, which really prepared me for flying myself because that stuff happens in real life, too, as a pilot. Right. Like if you're in on 72 and you want to cross the Rockies, better be nice weather. You know what Yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Right. So you need to time it correctly. And sometimes yeah. that means you're going to have to wait a little bit for that front to move. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah, you need to be patient and, and a little bit persistent, I think. And it, yes. it really True. doesn't matter if it's either you fly for fun or you fly for work or you fly for a little bit of work on the side. Um, if you're not persistent, you're never going to get there. That's true. Little baby steps, uh, patience and just keep chipping away. I think it, you know, experience and keep doing it. 
Absolutely. So tell me about, about your YouTube channel though. What is your vision for that? Do you have just, you want to keep kind of documenting your, your journey, whatever route that takes? Absolutely. I want to keep documenting the airline route with the vlogs and, and just like the airline, whatever I'm doing with the airline is just going to be more of a playful thing. Um, yeah. but I do want to get more serious and more sincere about the, um, in, or not sincere. I think I'm sincere, but not super serious about the information that I give people. I would like to, I would like to be a real source of, of information for people that start flight training and go through their flight training journey, but then more from a, um, more from a how am I going to get it done perspective as opposed to a ground school perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like realistic type um, options. Yeah. So, yeah. for example, if you're going to you want to get your private pilot's license and you want to do it part 61, there is so little out there that tells you this is what I'm training for first for the first milestone. This is my second milestone. This is my third milestone. Right. When I started with my private, I didn't even know where, you know, I didn't even know that private pilot was a thing. Like who? Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that, well, first you do this and then you do this. Yeah, true. Right. So that, that whole blueprint of going from zero to hero and whatever hero might be for some people, that's just, or just is owning an airplane and, and flying around for fun. Right. That's not yeah. a small thing. Right. And I kind of, what I want to what I want to achieve with my YouTube channel and with the content that I put out there is kind of change the perspective a little bit because lots of people are saying I am just a private pilot. Oh, I, I know. I hear that too. And I hate that. The student yeah. pilot. Like, yeah. how is that a just thing? Right. Right. That is an amazing thing. Right. Ask, go, go around, walk around on the street, ask 20 people and ask 20 it's people if they're a pilot. Yeah. Can you fly a plane? Can you fly a plane? I bet you a hundred dollars that zero of them will say I can fly a plane. Yeah, I do. You know, because because I fly for fun, and it when the people ask me or when I will start talking about it, I do sort of feel like this kind of weird pressure, or I don't know if that's the right word, where I feel like well, I'm not actually getting paid. I just fly for fun. So there's that just coming in into yeah. the into the dialogue there but it's like I don't I don't I do it for fun and right. I feel bad about it almost that it's like not a paid job exactly but also Alyssa when we were talking earlier you're almost apologizing for the fact that you don't want to I be know it's so weird yes <laughs> I think it's I think it's more for the people that know nothing about aviation like to you or I, I'm like, oh, I'm a private pilot. And I would never be like, oh, I'm just a private pilot, but I'm I'm working on this or IFR or commercial or whatever. But to the community, I'm going and I'm like, you know, I don't want them to think that I'm I, I, most people are like, well, who do you work for? And I'm like, well, I don't work for an airline, you know, like, but most people think like, oh, you're a pilot. Who do you work for? Because right. they know that there's all these in between things that you could be doing or yeah, for fun, True. you know, and so I don't know. I just feel like you need to explain that to people, but yet you shouldn't have to downplay it. Right. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what I want to achieve with my YouTube channel is to empower pilots to be a little bit more proud of themselves of what yeah. they've achieved and be like, all right, I am a pilot because that is awesome. And no, I don't fly for an airline, but I, I fly, 
I fly my Cessna 150 all across this country because I can. How awesome, right? Yeah. And I want to be able to empower people that don't know how to get to the next step, right? How yeah. how can I be that weekend warrior and own my own plane and 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 go fly yeah, around? Yeah, I love that. Like that's what yeah, I want. I, to, that's what I, I want to achieve. Had that experience had somebody. I I wanted to be a helicopter pilot, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, do you, does your school do helicopter flight lessons? I knew somebody like through the grapevine that was doing lessons, and he was like no, we don't have helicopters. We have, you know, single engine airplanes. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, you know? And he's like, well, I'll take you flying. And I had no idea that people could just go fly around for fun. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of what I I want to reach those people that want to, yeah. That have thought about flying and don't, don't know that they even start. Yeah. Where to even start. And then just kind of go from there, give people the tools in order to to make it happen, right? Like I have, I, I have all these grand plans in my head of, of, of products that I want to offer as well, like guides and this and that for people to, yeah, that's not necessarily, it's not very defined, I guess it's not ground school, but it's ground school in the fact that, for example, a blueprint of what a private pilot license would look like for fixed wing, a blueprint, yeah, yeah. what a private pilot license would look like for a rotorcraft. So that somebody that wants to do it on their own can go and do it. And since I've done yeah. both, I right. can at least speak to both, right? Yeah. Um, and I think there's a need, you know, if you're not a, like a college-age student going to like a university to for aviation, like people like me that didn't go that route, I learned later, like people don't know, well, so if I don't go to college for this, where do I actually go to do this? You know, it's right. kind of like. Exactly. And also, especially for um, people like yourself, Natalie, that, for example, they jump into it, haven't been to college and don't necessarily know how to study for something. Not saying that you're that that you're not smart or anything, but you just never learned how to study. Yeah. And there's so many study aids out there that, that give you all the questions and that you get all the road memorization. But there's nobody that tells you, hey, but how do I keep motivated to keep? How do I when, I when I'm done with my uh, eight hour workday, I come home, I feed the kids and then I have to walk the dogs. But then I still have to find time and motivation to sit at my desk and do ground school for my private pilot to make this dream come true. How do yeah. I do? Right. How do you structure it? How do you? Yeah, exactly. And that, how do you keep like at a point system, you know, that you're moving forward and not just standing still? Exactly. And that's the type of information that I want to provide on my channel. And that's what I really want to work towards getting yeah, that out there. When I did mine, um, one of the things that I feel like and I would like people to know is um, I had to give things up. Oh, I yeah, mean, absolutely. I, I had to make a decision. No, I can't do everything and accomplish this. So what can I give up? What am I willing to give up? And if I'm not willing, willing to give up anything, then... I don't want it bad enough. Yeah. So you really have to sacrifice and carve out things like things that you spend your money on. Or, you know, I played tennis five days a week. Well, I got to cut some of that out or I'm not going to have time. It was just like you have to really make decisions about it's not the magic. There's not going to be some magic time that (laughs) is added to your life. (laughs) 
everybody's so busy. Everybody has everybody's busy things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I did a video on that as well. Like you don't, you're never gonna have time for fly training. Right. And it's not, it's not a fly training thing. That's just a life thing, right? You're never gonna have time. Right. You're gonna have to make time. And those are the things, those are the tools that I would like to give somebody because I'm all into the self-help and the and the, yes. and the productivity and all this stuff. Right. Right. And some of it is a little bit woo-woo and I don't believe in it. But some things are very actionable that I had never thought of. For example, when we're talking about making time, I did um, a time audit for seven days. And this I did this a long time ago and just wrote down every hour what I did in that hour. Yeah. Because at that point in time, I think I was working on my instrument rating or something like that. And at that point in time, the whole self-help and productivity thing wasn't all that big as it is right now. But anyway, I wrote down everything. And then I found that I spent a lot of time in front of the television, like a lot of time just watching TV. Yeah. Which I didn't realize that I was doing that because it's so much part of your routine that you don't think about it. And then the only thing I changed, the only thing I changed in order to get to where I was going was cut out two hours each day in order to study for my instrument rating. And I was stagnant on that instrument rating for months, right? Two hours, one hour, get up (laughs) one hour earlier and just watch one hour less TV. Yeah, that's very doable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's. I run a business and so I'm like, oh, I have to be attached to my phone all the time. And I get home at night and I'm exhausted. It's seven o'clock. It's, you know, and I should sit down and study and do that. And instead I'm like texting or on my phone and I'm like, I could be studying. I should just put my phone on silent and be done with it. Yeah. Um, But, and you know, if you ever want to try that, like just do that set that seven day audit. Yeah. And especially with the phone, do you have the, do you have an iPhone or what yeah, do you have? I have an do you have the screen time app on there? Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that you write it down. <laughs> it's scary. And it is then, scary. I know. Right. And I don't feel like I even use mine that much. And then I'll see what the screen time was. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's uh, crazy. Exactly. But now do it every day instead of just seeing it on Monday mornings when it actually pops up. Right. Write it down every day how long you were on that phone and then decide if you have that one hour. If it's if it's not two hours in a day that you can carve out, but can you carve out one hour twice yeah. a week? That means you're studying two hours more a week. And even though it sounds like it's a little time, it is impactful. Like you yeah. can you can really do many things. And I th- and I feel like what people that have never studied anything or, you know, they don't know how impactful an hour can be and until you do it yeah and focused on it exactly and then you know focusing is another thing that's another thing that you can you if you haven't focused on something to study if you it's your brain is a muscle it's not like if you don't exercise it it's not gonna work right yeah like if I haven't studied something for a long time then it's just gonna take a while for me to get back into the fact that I'm gonna sit at my desk I'm gonna sit there for a, a little bit in order to to make it happen, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm not going to be able to sit at my desk and study for three hours. It's just not going to no, happen. No, right, yeah. But what I can do is I can set an alarm for 20 minutes, right? And yeah. then study for 20 minutes. And then at the 20-minute mark, I'm free. I can do something else, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But, but I, bet you, I bet you that if you get to that 20 minutes and you're actually in 
you're getting into it and you're doing something, you might go 25 or 30 minutes. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sitting down, you're doing it. You're already invested in that time. You might as well keep going because you're at exactly. the point now that you're actually learning something and you're exactly. probably in a good rhythm or something like that too. You know, right. kind of like, hey, I'm I'm on a roll here. Yeah. And then instead of chastising yourself because oh my god, I said that I was going to study for two hours, but I only did 25 minutes. Now you set an attainable goal for 20 minutes and you study 25 minutes, right? Yeah. A lot more. Yeah. And these are I agree. That reminds me of like the resolutions sometimes that people set are so unrealistic. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. you're you're not going to go from never working out to working out every day, seven yeah, days a week for an hour. That's just exactly. too too extreme. Just say that's 15 cool. minutes a day, yeah. you know, or three days a week. Don't like that's just way too much. Yeah, and that's, you feel like a failure when you don't do it. You know exactly. Exactly. And it's the same thing with, with flight training. I feel like, I feel like flight training. And I think that's really, it's really good that you, that you brought that up. I feel like flight training and any sort of sports related activity are kind of the same, not the, they're obviously not the same thing, but the, it's kind of the same feeling if you will. Right. Like nobody wants to go to the gym for an hour, but once you've been to the gym for an hour and you're done, you're like, exactly. I feel fantastic. Right. Yeah. That's, Nobody uh, wants to sit down for an hour and look at approaches and figure out how it works. That's instrument right. training. <laughs> it's right? like nobody wants to do that. Nobody I'm wants. I'm not to super do excited it. about going to the done. gym. Yeah. Uh huh. When I get right. done with instrument uh instrument lesson, I'm like, ha, huh, I got it. It was that's great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if you fly that ILS and you and you you know you go somewhere where where you otherwise wouldn't get in but you can get there now and have that fantastic hamburger because that specific restaurant is fantastic. Yeah. Then it was worth all that studying just as much as it was worth doing all your workouts. Now that you look fantabulous, right. As opposed to not so great. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. I think. Totally. I agree. Sure. Yeah. So those are the the things that I want to kind of, it's, 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 I guess, with my YouTube channel, it's kind of self-help for pilots, maybe, is what you yeah. can... I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's I mean, I, I feel like there is there is that bridge missing of, you know, there's these people that are doing it, but everybody has such a different story and background that if you put out all of these tools, so to speak, on how to, you know, format your lifestyle to get to that, then I think it's more... Um, yeah, but it's it's just so. some people if you don't if you don't make them aware of all these different paths, they may not feel like they may think, well, I can't do that. Or yeah. so maybe I just shouldn't even go that route or right. feel like they need to see there's all these different avenues so that they're not like, I don't Absolutely. know, beating themselves up. But, exactly. you know. And then yeah. it was, it's kind of funny because today I got an email from a guy and that, and, and it read, so I, I have a website and I have this email subscription thing and they, um, they sent me an email saying, well, unfortunately I cannot be a career pilot. I just don't have the money to do that. So I have to give up the dream of being an airline pilot, but I'm just go, I am just going to have to buy an airplane and fly for fun. Well, <laughs> there's, there's two oh. things wrong with that right one yeah. thing it's not just it is it, you are still a pilot it's still awesome 
But the second thing is, if you have enough money to buy yourself an airplane and go fly around for funsies, yeah, then you definitely have enough money to at least get to your commercial rating and figure it out from there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah true. Right? Because I just yeah. today, just today, I published a video on how much flight training costs. And I did a ton of research on it. You can do from zero to hero, including your multi-engine license, you can do it for as little as sixty thousand dollars. And and you might know, Natalie, from how 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 much would your airplane cost you with maintenance and everything and flying around and riding on your airplane. A lot, actually. <laughs> right? Let's see. Yeah. Average that out over a few years, then yeah. you're easily at that sixty thousand dollars that you would have spent on True. getting your commercial license. Like this lack of looking on a longer term, I True. think. Yeah. yeah. And also realizing that just flying your own airplane for fun is a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I don't have my own airplane to fly around mm-hmm. for fun. I would love to have my own airplane, right? Like, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have time, though, now, would you? Or Not do you have much. a pretty good schedule? What's your schedule like? Well, that's a good question. Um, the So far, I had a relief line, as they call it. I've never been reserved, which is really nice. Um, but I work, I normally work, well, there is no normally, really. The only thing I know is that I have 10 to 11 days off, depending on okay. so 10 days and 30 days. 30 days and 11 and 31. Okay. Um, that's with the relief line. Now that I have an actual line starting February, I see what lines that people have 15, 16 days off, which is wow. a lot. Yeah, right? that's a lot. Yeah. And still flying 77 hours, 80 hours a month. So wow. I don't, I don't know how it's, what it's going to look like starting next month. Cause I did bid, but yeah, I'm number 85 of 102 on the seniority list in Houston. So I don't know if I'm going to get anything that's close to what I wanted. Yeah. Um, but my schedule, if if it goes the way I want it to go, is I would like to work over the weekends and then have the week during the week off um, so that I can work on my content. Yeah. And then, because yeah. um, you know, it's 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 good because my husband is at work. He's not gonna mm-hmm. be upset that I'm at the computer all day and filming and and yeah. this and that. And then by the time he gets home, I'm I'm done with everything that I want to do, right? Right. Yeah. Um. That sounds like a perfect scenario. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I want. So that's what I bid for. I bid for every week to work every week and be home during the week. And for a schedule that has 15 days off. So fingers crossed. I don't know. if I this hope that works out. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Because then I can keep doing what I'm doing um, and growing the channel and all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, with the YouTube channel now, all of a sudden it's taking off. And if you ask me how that's happening, I don't know. Well, that's awesome. I don't know what's happening that's different now. Well, I'm uploading a lot more than I did previously. I think the quality of the content has gone up. I'm definitely trying to be professional about it. I've enjoyed it. I, I I haven't watched a lot of them from way back in and when you started, but more recently since Ted has, you know, mentioned you and y'all are y'all are best buddies. <laughs> best buddies, but we've never seen each other in real life. So funny. I like how your personality really comes out in the videos. So oh, thanks. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing on average. I don't know. Yeah, it totally is. That's what people want to see. That's what, yeah. People are, you know, not going to continue watching if you have a terrible 
you know, personality coming out. Or, yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, you got this. Very warm and friendly and funny. Yeah. So it's it's good. Yeah. yeah. That's that's kind of what I'm going for. Kind of yeah. also, you know, breaking the stereotype of the grumpy pilot. That's a big thing for me. I hate the grumpy pilot stereotype. I cannot deal with it. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I had this whole rant. I did a whole rant and I posted it. And it's so funny, that video, I was so angry. And my husband watched the video and he goes, yeah, that's exactly what you look like when you're angry. <laughs> that was great. It was, you could see like this was all like tensing oh, up my and, gosh. in the video. I'm like, no, no, no. And then I just, I, I was wondering if I should post it or not. Eventually I posted it anyway. Um, I need to look that one up. What's it called? Uh, it's called "Don't Take the Advice of These of These Pilots" or something like that. Okay. I, it was the not this the video that I posted today, but yesterday or three days ago. Oh, okay, um, very very recent, huh? Yeah, I was so angry because somebody put a uh, a remark or a comment on my on my oh, no. channel that yeah. was very very negative, and I was like, "All right, I get it. You've been furloughed. You had a really rough time." There's pilots that have gone through yeah. really rough times, right? Yeah. And I yeah. get it. It wears on you. You thought this was gonna be your your end all be all, but it's not. It's not fantastic. So I try to be very empathetic, and empathy is not necessarily my strongest suit because I'm really. The type of person is like, if you know, you can complain all day long to me, but yeah. I'm not going to fix your problem. If you're not fixing it yourself, then don't complain, right? That's right. Yeah. kind of normally my reaction, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a lot better about it. And I really am trying to exercise that empathy muscle. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> so then uh-huh. if it's not working out for you, maybe you should find another way to be yeah. a pilot and not do this. Maybe there's something else you can do that makes more money. I mean, you can be a garbage man and make more money than a regional airline pilot does, right? Like yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to do this. But I said it in a nicer way and I was trying to anyway, but his reply was that I was kind of naive or something to think that this economic high is always going to stay, everybody is going to be miserable, everybody's going to be divorced, everybody is going to live in their mom's basement, blah blah blah. I was like Hold on. No, 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 yeah. no. Huh. That's not true. Yeah. And second of all, you're the one watching my YouTube videos. You're yeah. <laughs> negativity on my channel, which the name of my, ch- in my YouTube banner, it says aviation information, inspiration, and motivation. It yeah. doesn't yeah. say aviation negativity. It doesn't. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm the first one to say that life is not always fantastic and roses. And I put, try to put that in the YouTube channel as well. Like I, I want to be very transparent about it. It's not always fun. Like when I, when I couldn't fly with you guys, Natalie, I was really, really disappointed. I was not, you know, I was unhappy about not being able to go home. I've yeah. lost, put it online so that people can see it's not always fun. Right. Right. That's real. Yeah. All right. But this guy, wow. I was so upset. So then I can't, I was I, I saw it in between two in between a turn. We had like 30, was it a, a, an hour turn? So I had 30 minutes to do nothing. I was scrolling through the comments. I saw it. I'm like, oh, oh no, because I'm, like, oh, I'm so mad. Oh, yeah. No. So it's like, I'm going to just let it go. I flew my leg. I came to the hotel. And then as I sit down, the first thing I thought about was that comment. And I just needed to get it out. And I tried to call my husband. And my husband husband didn't pick up the phone. Oh, and then no, I was like, no. aha, 
I can tell my subscribers about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I yelled to the camera for a bit. And then I was like, oh. And then the camera went dead, which was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the battery was dead. A so comedic relief yeah, there, yeah. Calmed down a little bit, did a little outro video. I was like, huh, well, typical YouTube fashion, right? Oh, I don't know if I'm going to post this video, but if I do, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stereotypical and so bad. It was like, oh, I love I, that. That's I, hilarious. I'm one of them. I'm one of those YouTube people. Anyway, I put it online. I can't wait to see it. I'm just dying to go watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you if you want to see my real personnel, that is that is absolutely my my real authentic. This is what happens if you piss me off, Let's Nancy. Let's see Nancy when she gets mad. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so for our listeners right now, where can they find you on your YouTube channel? Uh, my YouTube channel is uh, Nancy Bradshaw CFI and Airline Pilot. Um, just type in Nancy Bradshaw CFI in the YouTube search bar. And um, it's going to be pretty obvious which one is mine. Um, yeah. And other than that, I have a website, flygoodaviation.com. I am really, really working on um, getting my blogs out there as well, because sometimes the videos get a little lengthy. You don't really want to watch the whole thing. Maybe it's easier to read. Yeah. So I have the same information. I'm trying to put out the same information that I put uh, out on the videos, try to put them in the blog as well. And then... Um, through my website and or also you can find it in the links in the description. I have a weekly newsletter that comes out. And with that newsletter, I just want to, um, via email, keep you posted on what I have on YouTube, on the blog and some extra information that I otherwise wouldn't share because I tend to forget what I, sometimes I forget a little part on the YouTube channel or on the blog. And I put that in the email so that the content is a little bit diverse and, um, kind of keep people posted with what's happening. That's impressive. I do a, a, a newsletter once a month and that's a lot for me. If you do it every week. Well, uh, do you, I mean, weekly thing, it is kind of weekly. It sometimes yeah, okay. turns into bi-weekly. It okay. sometimes turns into tri-weekly. Okay. And, All right. Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I just do the best I can. I feel much better now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause well, you know, I would, um, why don't you let me, or you and I can both, because I, I write blogs too, we can share on each other's, like I can link to yours sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And, and you can guest blog, I'll guest blog on yours, yeah, you guest that's blog on mine. Yeah, great. Yeah. We can, we can do all of that. It would be great to have a different voice on the blog as well. But I don't know how much reach you have with your blog, because I don't have much. The only thing that actually is getting a lot of reach right now is the YouTube channel for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, got, got a good thing going there for sure. Yeah, and I don't even know how to... Do you know how to check what your blog is doing? I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no idea. I do I do have an, like an analytics tool that I can see how many people visit my website, which is where my blog is, so I can see oh, every really? week how many people visited. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah I don't know. I don't really get a lot of comments, but I really do it. It's uh, like a journaling kind of thing for me I do it for me because I really enjoy it and yeah it's just another creative outlet and way to get things out of my head um so as long as I'm kind of thinking of it like that then and if I don't want to I try to do it every week but if I don't want to do it one week then I don't do it one week kind of like your newsletter (laughs) yeah it's 
Yeah, there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, yeah. Well, thank you, Nancy. Is there anything else you want to add? That was so good. I love talk, talking to you. Uh, no. Well, what I want to add is that everybody just needs to fly good and not suck. That's yeah. That <laughs> yeah, I've got to get one of those shirts. I want one so bad. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's about it. Sorry for rambling. I ramble a lot. No, I loved it. It was great. Thank you for taking some time off from your your, your home time to, to talk with us. Appreciate it very much. I think it was awesome. I'm glad that we finally could make it work. One of these days we're going to meet in person. I just know. Yes. You know Will what? you be going to Sun and Fun? Uh, so it's a it's a plan i'm hoping um to actually make it happen since i'm gonna be yeah. i'm all about this line holder life right like if if this yeah. line holder life is as good as everybody tells me that it is then then i'm going to oshkosh i'm going to sun and fun i'm gonna visit my Yay. parents four times this year like it's gonna be a whole it's gonna be fantastic yeah. but i don't know if that's everything's yeah. gonna work out perfectly Wait i just know it. yeah <laughs> Yeah, are you going to Oshkosh or no? Either one of you? Yeah, I'll be. Oh at, yes. Yeah, I'll be. Both. I'll be going to both of those. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope I can make it happen. But well, well let me know. Text me if you're going to be uh, uh Sun and Fun is definitely in your neck of the woods, so you oh, let yeah. me know. Yeah, yeah, definitely hit me up. I might be able to get you some passes or something. Ooh. Hooker harness. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have to keep in touch. Also, I have a question for you guys real quick. Yeah. Okay. Where does the name come from for the podcast? Oh. <laughs> well, it was actually, um, I was starting to do some videos a long time ago where I was video interviewing some people. And then we wanted to make it kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So the cocktails kind of came in to make it seem like more of a social kind of chatting thing. But we wanted to talk about flying. So it seemed yeah. to be a good combo so it was natalie's and then when we were trying to like name the podcast we kind of threw around a bunch of names and i'm like i really like that name and actually she did me she did she interviewed me in st louis yeah when and we had uh champagne in the fbo so, i saw the video yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> so, yeah it was a lot of fun so i was like yeah that works for me so awesome you know what would be fun what? If, we, if we can do, if we could make it work to meet in real life and do a short little video, um, yeah, and then put it on my channel at least, or on your anybody's yeah. channel, whatever, and then just kind of like be like, oh look, I was on your podcast. But then that yeah. that needs to be real quick. I don't know if we can make that happen. And then what? How does podcasting work? Like, I'm totally tell me if I'm keeping you guys up, but I don't want to no, take your time. Okay. Um, I don't know a lot of the ins and outs. I'll tell you that I hired someone to help me um, that okay. does podcasting. He was recommended by my website person, and um, he yeah, does some podcasts. Too? What? I need all of these people. Madeline's <laughs> <laughs> telling all her secrets now. I, <laughs> well, I, don't I am staying up until four in the morning and trying to get everything oh done. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot myself, and I, I I learned a lot from these people as well. Like, I used to have someone do all the social media for me. Well, then they taught me how to do it, and so I've started yeah, doing it all myself. Yourself. And they yeah. they teach me, you know, I learned from them, and I've already learned a lot from this podcast um, producer. I guess you'd call him. He 
we send him the recordings and he adds an intro and outro and puts it on um, something called Podbean, which is oh. where the other outlets are going to pull it from, like Apple and Spotify. And really? it's like a hosting kind of site, apparently, for podcasts, podcast? which gotcha. this is all new to me. Yes. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of all of that. That is so cool. Yeah. Huh. Not that I'm going to podcast because I don't have enough time to actually make it all happen. But if you need a guest again. Totally. Yes. Or, or a helpful interviewer. If we can. Yeah. If we can. Yeah. Yeah. We can all happen. meet up and do something fun for sure. Yeah, yeah. That would be good. And meet people in real life. Yeah. Now, I go down to, to Florida quite a bit. So if I just randomly shoot you texts or like, hey, I'm in Florida or you're around, then don't be like. You know, feeling like you have to meet up with me, but if it if I'm just like, hey, I'm here. Are you around? And we'll yeah. see if it works. And what yeah. area of Florida are you in? I'm in Palm Beach Gardens, so that's West Palm Beach. I don't know if you're familiar. It is, yeah. let's say, an hour and a half north of Miami. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was just in Miami. Actually, I just flew back today from Fort Lauderdale. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, my son is going to school down there uh, at Barry University. Oh, in awesome. Miami. Yeah. So I just took him down there and got him settled. But I'll be back. I'm going back. Gosh, I feel like in like a month or something, I'm doing going to work on my seaplane rating. Excellent. All right, ladies. Well, All right. Thank, thank you. you so much for chatting. That, that was that fun. Was so fun. It was awesome. All, All right, right, ladies. Talk to you later. Have a wonderful Bye. evening. Okay, Bye. you too. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Cockpits and Cocktails with Nancy Bradshaw. We talked a really long time and we had to actually cut some of it out because it was getting so long. We had fun chatting and probably could have kept on going for at least twice that amount of time. I'm sure you know now that she is a really fun person and I'd love to spend some time with her. Hopefully we can catch up in person soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe if you have not. Share this with your friends and let us know if there's something that you'd like for us to discuss on here or a guest that you'd like for us to invite. We want to use this podcast as just a way to talk about aviation, some of the roles that women have, some of the opportunities, have a dialogue like, um, you know, just a very casual dialogue with other women in aviation and share that information because there's so much out there in aviation that... I'm amazed every time we talk to someone new, there's a new, something new that I learn from them. So anyway, hopefully you'll learn something too, and we can just kind of hang out on the airwaves. Thank you for listening. It's Natalie Flygirl Kelly and Fly Alyssa. Until next time. We're not on